0: Today, we talk childhood, parenthood, and above all, love, as we chat to Kelly Caldwell on Benny Asking People Questions. Benny Asking People Questions is recorded on Gadigal land, and we pay our respects to the Gadigal people, both past, present, and emerging, and it's proudly brought to you by Major Minor Music Australia, which you can learn more about at www.mmma.com. Today's guest, I'll admit, is new to me despite a career that's been going on for almost a decade. However, once familiarizing myself with her music, I immediately heard the care, precision, diversity, and underlying passion that only comes with someone who has decided to dedicate such time to this genre. Her take on this genre, not only music for children, but life itself seems to find itself in a style and messaging that is desperately unique and places her very much on her own pedestal unmatched by other artists. It is heartening, it is unique, and it is a true testament to what happens when you listen to children rather than suggest what children should listen to. I'm very happy to be joined by her today, all the way from the City of Roses, Portland, Oregon. Welcome to Kelly (laughs) Coldwell or better known to her followers as Kelly Willie. How are you, Kelly?
1: Well, I'm about to tear up. (laughs) That was such a nice introduction. I'm um, just overwhelmed. So thank you so much for taking that time to get to know my music and maybe me a little bit and for dedicating this time to talking. So thank you. I'm doing well. Oh, oh, it's my
0: pleasure. pleasure. I mean, it really really is. um, I, I was... I was trying to place it, not that it needs to be placed in a genre. I don't, it's just as a as when you're sort of listening to someone's music, you kind of, I don't know, there's almost this automatic tendency we have to kind of go, oh, I guess it fits here or fits there. Um, But I gave up pretty quickly on your music just because it's sort of, I was just, I didn't really know where it sat. It, it sort of had this really strange, um, at one point, I was thinking that sort of early 70s folk kind of Joni Mitchell kind of thing. But then I kind of went, no, it's so almost, it's, 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 it's deeply rooted in something very historical. I find your music like it's, it's, it's very, it, it feels like it draws upon a very ancient kind of, um, uh what's a traditional kind of sound is that is that kind of is that I mean is that relevant or am I just like making that up
1: (laughs) (laughs) um no I feel like you tapped into a lot I um I and I really appreciate that you specifically are saying that it was difficult to put it into a box because that is one of the things that matters to me not only because my taste in music spans pretty much all Mm -hmm. genres and um but because i feel like that's a struggle in life is that like you said about people wanting to put music into boxes um, or categories people want to put people into boxes and categories and i very much um have never been I've never fit into those places. (laughs) Yeah. um, In fact, I'm a a graphic designer as well. And my um, corporate world was uh, doing publishing work. And uh, one of the photo uh, essays I did one time for promoting um, was me with a box on a dirt road, kicking it and just destroying it. (laughs) Not not to think outside of the box, but just, just, the box. Yeah. Um, not only not because... Have the, not,
0: not have the box as a reference point anymore, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I mean, um, as far as music goes, I think, I'm not sure about where it comes from exactly, except that I'm not classically trained or trained mm. in any um, specific uh, music style, but I... When people ask me about my influences, I've never really, I've struggled with that because I don't think that I um, work that way exactly. But then mm. when I thought about it more, I realized I think my influences are actually musicals. And um, yeah. that has such a vast variety, right? <laughs> right, Because it's about telling the story first and foremost, and that can encompass so many genres and um it just depends on what what's going on in any given story and um yeah I think
0: that I sorry go on
1: no I just I mean I definitely grew up with my family listening or you know my mom and my family listening to the Beatles and Gordon Lightfoot was always playing in our house and listening to um my goodness a whole variety in some Indian music and we, mm. they were hippies, so it was very, you know, they were all. Well,
0: there of, is a, there is a snippet on your but... website that talks about your upbringing, which which your upbringing sounds fantastical, really. I mean, it's it's it sounded quite um, and and I think right through from when you were a young adult and kind of went out on your own, it, it it's been a life. I guess it's it's been a life consistently appearing outside of the box and actually trying to find what else is out there. I mean, is that has that been something you just keep? You've just kept going on through everything that you do, both visually and and musically.
1: Well, um, it's interesting. The you know we have to write these bios about ourselves uh, mm. ourselves for the purposes of promoting, and so I have that uh, description of my childhood. And I had a very unique childhood with lots of just different experiences that I've come to find out were not necessarily. You common, um, but I also there were. My mother has um, very serious mental illness, so mm. she was um, a single mom and raised me. And because of those experiences, um, I like you use the word fantastical, and and some of those details that I include in my bio, like living in a um, octagon house <laughs> on stilts, that things like that um, were. Part of our story, but it was also very complicated all the time. Climb up to my shoulders, baby. Let's go see the world. Look for things we've never heard of. Wonder how they were. We'll explore. But she was very extremely talented visual artist. My dad is an artist as well, and um, so I grew up with a lot of art around me, everywhere, going to between between what was happening at home, um, going to a lot of visual art shows and things like that. Um, I grew up with a lot going on, but then I, it took me a while um, later in life to realize that through the difficult times, yeah. um, music was really a friend to me that was mm. with me through um, through those different things. So I think that yeah, there's just a lot to unpack,
0: but. <laughs> As you talk about music being something that was your friend that sort of, I guess, g- gave you, I don't know, if hope's the cor- correct word, but it, but it made you make sense of the things that were uh, going on around you. Was that music from a perspective of, pressing play and listening or was it music from the perspective of being involved with your family playing with your father listening to your father like was it was it a personal family attachment or is it just purely you just discovered there's all these people out there for decades had been recording music that spoke so strongly to you
1: I think it was more outside music um -hmm. it was the uh, the very first movie I ever saw was Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band that, <laughs> that funky. And then I remember going to the Rose with my mom and uh, West side story. And um, so those were movies, musical movies, mm. but um, I think, and then my albums, I had, I had Greece and Billy Joel mm. and, Um, ABBA and all of the um, you know what was popular at the time but you know to me I think I just spent time not only listening but also looking at all the visuals on those albums and um, I think uh, dance also became a big um, draw for me dancing as an expression Um, and so I think I Later, once I was kind of free to do that more, um, either just for fun or as an activity, Mm. um, that was where I really, you know, could channel it more and just really become immersed in it. And so I think that um, I don't do enough, enough dancing these days. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't I don't think any of us do enough dancing nowadays do we I, know, I don't know if I did I don't kids. know if I did enough dancing in the in the right time when I was, should have been dancing well look I think I think all of that's a really beautiful explanation and it does lead us nicely into who you are now not who you were and and you know the the, the quality of the things that are that are created I mean I think I think um the one thing that you you've just touched on recently about your upbringing things like that when, whenever i do one of these podcasts you kind of go through everyone's history and their catalog and you, you try to find something like usually what you find at the heart of or everybody's catalog is this one sort of notion that kind of solidifies it all so even though you might be traversing all these different genres and styles there's usually a thing that brings it all together and you can kind of hone in and go that's that's what, where this person's heart lies. And it was quite tricky with you, I must say, until I, because it is such diverse music and arrangements. And I was never really sure how, and, and you, you talking about musicals, I was like, yeah, it's very musical in there where you'll have a phrase and it'll stop and there'll be discussion and then another phrase. Like it's, it, it carries very much like a story. But then I listened to um, The Smilers and the smile is is a, is, a, is this beautiful i mean it's a beautiful song but just the notion of you know the people that are smiling and doing this and this is how their world is and this and and it also kind of struck me and i kind of feel like i kind of understood you a lot better musically is this this idea that a lot of people sort of will look at a picture and admire the picture and write a song about the picture. Whereas you, I get the sense that you see the picture and you immediately go and look behind the picture to see what's behind the picture and write a song about hmm. that. It's almost like, while everyone's looking at the view, Ooing and ahhing you're kind of just glancing over the edge looking at a at an insect build a home in the grass or something and that's <laughs> do you know what I mean like and I mean that in a really deeply respectful way and, and then i sort of going back through all your music I went it feels like there's there's an excitement in you in you about the things that are potentially just kind of being missed or skimmed over a little bit is that is that Fair to say? Is that something you strive for in your music or
1: well? Um, thank you again for your just thoughtfulness in um analyzing. <laughs> it's just very um much humbling to have someone spend that time. Um I think that you are right. I think that um I am very driven by the loving expression to not only someone in the case of the Smilers, the people that I called the Smilers, it was a family, um, but also people I don't know or, or yeah, I think getting to the root of where people's um are really, sorry, I'm having a hard time expressing it but um yeah not the surface of of people and so Mm. even the songs that are goofy um it what's most important to me what i say to my producers over and over again and you know thankfully we're all on the same page is to keep it intelligent keep it smart Mm. respect the brains of children and also realize what parents are going through in this time of their lives um as they're raising kids and it's the most important time of your life for a lot of people mm. t- is is when you're raising your children but there aren't a lot of grown-up songs about that experience mm. um and that's kind of a missed i mean that's huge i feel like um so i do love when Children's artists are really talking to the parents as well in some of their Mm. songs and, um, giving them something to relate to and something to feel, um, known and, and seen because it can be kind of lonely at times also being a new parent. Um, yeah, I think the dedication to keeping it smart, um, it makes me tend to want to say the thing that isn't necessarily being said, and not forget mm. um, those details because I know I remember a lot from when I was a child, and I remember the com- that there are complex thoughts going on, you know, and um, and complex experiences. Mm. But that said, um, I think <laughs> I think there's a big movement right now, and there's a place for it to make music that's very much trying to tell people how to um improve the world or tell kids how to you know Mm. make things better make things better join this bandwagon and whatnot and while that as i said i respect and there's a place for it it sort of can be too much and and Mm. as um someone who as a kid, you know, I think kids are all going through big things already, just trying Mm -hmm. to grow up. (laughs) And so sometimes um, I like to keep those details a little more subtle. um, And I think that they can pick them up.
0: I mean, it goes back to what I was saying at the front, of, at, the, at the top with the intro about this idea of, um, you know, listening to children rather than telling children what to listen to. And I think that's a tricky yeah. thing to navigate and it's a tricky thing to get right. Um, is, is there anything, I mean, have you found yourself just simply going, I'm not going to write about that? It feels like this, this is what the song's about, but I'm not going to do it.
1: Um, well, I, yeah, I write a lot. Um, and I think about, um, well, I've gotten advice to write more of a thematic album. And I think it's great when people are driven to do that, um, to try to, you know, find a theme and then your songs will be more, um, Easily found on a search or something, and then they're going to be more appropriate for teaching this or teaching that. And, um, you know, basically, that I'm crazy <laughs> if mm-hmm. I don't um do that, make myself more thematic or make myself more make some more simple, simplistic mm-hmm. songs um that are just l- more likely to to get used in some of those educational settings. And I um. I'm just not doing that. That's not, not your thing. Yeah. That's not my thing. And I, I think that's okay. I think um, I'm trying well, I, to, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think we live in a, we live in a world where, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you know music for adults, but definitely music for children. It is, it is very singles driven in the, in the last few years. And I, and mm-hmm. I think what's, and I think people are bringing out singles, but there's, there's a disappearance in just full albums. But I guess one of the things about, um, robots don't tell jokes, which I kind of at the first, again, like it's, I, I think what's what I really loved about listening to your music is, is I kind of had to just question all my, I don't think bias is the word, but obviously my preconceived ideas of what I should be looking for in children's music and things like that. And and I was challenged by all of that. And, and it was fun because once I was able to just go, that's what it is. Why am I so hung up on that? I was able to enjoy it a lot more. Like, I I think one of the things about robots don't tell jokes, which I wrote, I wrote the question early on and then revisited it, was this idea you know, I I had like, it's a very um, meandering album around the ideas and concepts and and genres. There's, you're through it. I don't think, I don't think it's, it's not like every song I'm like going, oh my God, what's that? Like, I know it's one of your songs, (laughs) but I don't, but I, but, you know, I don't I don't know what subject you're going to make it about. I don't know what you're going to talk about. I don't know if it's going to be an <laughs> educational song. I don't know if it's just going to be big emotions and things like that. But then if you're or looking ridiculous. at a world all ridiculous, and if you're looking yeah. at a world where we are, by and large, people are listening to singles, mm-hmm. I don't think it hurts, right? It doesn't hurt to just go, well, I don't have a concept. This is just, this is what this song's about. Yeah. And that's what that song's about. I mean, if you had to and this is a I feel like I've hit you with all the really complicated questions up front. So, after this <laughs> it'll just get more specific about, you know, tuning guitars. <laughs> but um what's um like, you know, looking at it from that perspective. I mean, what if you if you were to get a family and and children to sit down and listen to Robots Don't Tell Jokes from start to finish or they're doing it on a car trip or something like that. I mean, is there is there an overall idea that you what you would like them to take away from that album? Is it just fun, which in itself is, a, is an incredible becoming, quite a rare concept? Or is it heart? What What is it? Or is it just all of those things? I mean, do you just want them to have a good time and not think about it too much?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it. Not that I would like it to be fun. I would like them to laugh some and feel and think i would like the parents and the kids to be able to hear details in the lyrics the 20th time they hear it that they didn't really connect before and that's Mm. one of the favorite things i've heard from even some of my one of my best friends said that about um a song in my first album um springtime dance it's a it's a fairly simple song but it does have a lot of picture visuals in it and she said i think it was that one um anyway um no no it was a different one anyway the point is she had heard this song like dozens of times because her kids were saying again again and she's my friend and you know so I said, force your kids to listen to my music. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, you need a
0: Spotify look so it gets Yeah, to the exactly. Other, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so she, she texted me, oh my God, I just realized that this was about fit and that this was in there and I never heard that before. And I was like, yes, that's exactly, thank yeah. you. Because I've been the parent listening in the car, right? Mm. But I also have been the kid who is... Growing up and analyzing the language Mm. and actually spending time with the song and the story. And there are things I'm not going to understand this time, but I'm going to understand them later. I mean if I think about Greece, that, that, that whole album, <laughs> right. That musical oh, yeah, there's was some my... stuff
0: that was very happy. You didn't understand first time around.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I was, but I was cradling that album as a third grader, you know, when it was time to bring right. your favorite thing to school, that was what I brought. And I just um, loved everything about it, even though there were things that I didn't know. And 20 years later, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. But then I was also, it didn't matter um, that I didn't know all of those things. And it's kind yeah. of, I was listening to one to of you. your um, interviews, um, just a recent one um, with the guys who are comical. I'm sorry, the name is escaping me. Oh, the
0: listies, the listies. The
1: listies, yeah. I was listening to your interview with them and and you talked a little bit about a little bit about the complexity of saying some things that might be pushing the envelope a little mm. bit. And my kids, I have nine-year-old twins, and we're in that phase now where they're starting to, you know, listen to more adult music and the kids are in, I'm driving all the kids to soccer and some of the girls are, you know, singing at the top of their lungs, something top 40, that isn't mm. really appropriate, <laughs> but, um, but they are getting things out of the music still mm. that, um, is enriching and nourishing, hopefully. Um, so I think that I want the folks listening to have a complex experience. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe yeah. that's just that they don't know what's coming next, um, mm-hmm. or that. And I, I'm just finishing my next album, um, and I've had again some recommendations to make them EPs or singles Mm. or things like that but I'm also this is my fourth album and I just also kind of want to get some more music out there um I care that it feels like a cohesive enough piece um Sagan Thacker called the robots don't tell jokes beautiful mess (laughs) and I um I think from my perspective I don't really think of it that way because I do like I just
0: yeah. It's very my, sophisticated my personal and it's, and it's very me. controlled. Yeah. It's very controlled from your perspective, you know, every single thing that's going on mm-hmm. and it's all, and it, and it has meaning and, you know, and, you know, when I say meandering, it doesn't, it just, it's sort of just, um, but I guess that's the skill. And that's the skill in listening to the music for the first time and discovering it is realizing that it's, it's, um, it's a classic version of when you walk into an art gallery and one person looks at a painting and goes, Oh my God, I'm deeply moved by that. And the person Mm. next to you says, my four-year-old could do that. (laughs) And you just go, okay, that's because you're, you're not, not that you're missing the point or anything, but you go, you're you're sort of looking for something that you're not going to get. Whereas if Mm. you're open to it, what you actually find yourself being confronted with is something really beautiful and complex and really complicated and really considered and well thought out as opposed to someone who's just a four-year-old going throwing some paint on a paper. So there you go. That's that, that would be my take on your music in a whole actually is <laughs> one person thinks it could be done by a four-year-old other people. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: they're wrong.
0: No, I, I know, know that, experience. I, mean that.
1: <laughs> I do. No, I know that experience having grown up in art galleries. Um, yeah yeah yeah, I, I get i'm i not that. sure it's the
0: greatest compliment to give someone's music but that that was the only that's the only imagery I had and
1: one and two and three and four and five and here we go there were five little frogs and the first frog said to the second little frog hop on my head Well, they music, are wrong. I
0: mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm so just kidding. Quite, no, I, I know, know that what experience. I, mean by
1: that. I do. No, I know that experience. Having grown up in art galleries, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get I'm not that. sure it's
0: the greatest compliment to give someone's music, but that that was the only that's the only imagery I had. Well, look, let's actually talk about the songwriting. Um, let's just get mm-hmm. right down to it. It started back uh, almost a decade decade ago, um, mm-hmm. when you released in 2015. Twas in the moon of wintertime
1: that's a cover actually of the yeah of the Huron Carol the Canadian
0: yeah was uh, there a reason for that song or because it's a it's a fairly it's a fairly um weighty introduction to potentially what (laughs) you might be as as a children's artist
1: interesting yeah that's a good point um no there was I uh had had my kids and I had been recording some grown-up music quote-unquote um and I was deciding to go ahead and focus on recording some kids music and um I think the timing worked out but that was um a holiday carol that I had just heard many years ago um and now I feel like it's controversial now um you know, with the indigenous population in Canada Mm. and all that's happened. Um, and, and I, I applaud that there's a lot more focus right now on, Mm. um, trying to repair things. Um, but I just thought it was beautifully done and different as a Christmas Mm. Carol. It was just not like anything else that I had heard. And so, um, that and, and my bandmate um, Timothy James Eucher, is the one who plays guitar most mm. of, um, mostly on the first um, releases that we had. And um, he his playing, I think lent itself to that style. Twas in the moon of winter time when all the birds had fled. That mighty man angel choirs instead. Before so that's why I kind of started there.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it was really just, but the thing was after I listened to it, yeah, because I kind of went, I'm oh like, okay, amazing. This is your first, <laughs> this is, hey, I'm a children's artist and this is the song I'm going to lead with. Um, <laughs> I mean, beautiful, but I was trying to, I was trying to imagine it in, in with children around kind of going, what the hell? <laughs> but what it did do, what it did do, though, is it really actually did set you up, I think, for what your arrangements and your attitude towards musicality really was, because I don't think that has changed a great deal. Like, and I think that's kind of what mm. I meant to that start of when I was saying there's almost something kind of ancient about what you do, and I, that's probably not the correct term. I think timeless is probably a better better way of explaining it. Is it's is this the arrangements and the and the and the and the instruments work together in a way that feel timeless in a really complex kind of way. Um, What's your relationship with the production of your music? I mean, do you go into the studio reasonably complete going, it's all in my head, now let's get it out? Is it a long process? I know in the last year you've been quite busy. There's been an album and a couple of singles and things like that. So there's not a huge amount of time to lament on something. You sort of got to, you're moving.
1: Well, yeah. Um, That my relationship in the production has changed um, over time. And I'm learning a lot from the guys that I've uh, been working with. Brian Dast is now um the producer that i'm working with the most and we have a regular time every week i started that last year because i really just want to keep getting more music out and um i just have a a backlog of songs and i'm writing all the time and um i'm just itching to get more music out (laughs) whether Mm. it's Mm. you know marketing it on all that jazz um is a consideration but um so i have learned a lot from um tim who i mentioned before was my guitar instructor i'm not a wonderful guitar player um at all and i'm um continuing to try to learn i've just gotten back into some additional lessons even with mr ben here in portland um he's awesome and been super patient but also gets it you know what i'm going for um anyway at first, uh, Tim really helped me. I, th- I think he really taught me a lot and he drove the production of mm. the first EPs um, that we put out. And so I sat alongside and I trusted a lot. Um, but we also are, like have just a connection when it comes to arrangement um, because I write, I free write. So I have the melody and the mm. lyrics coming at the same time. And so I come with a complete idea, um, Mm. but not necessarily always their arrangement. Um, I mean, often not their arrangement uh, or I did back then. And, um, but I can sit down with him and he just, we just flow really well. And so he helped me to get more of a sense of not only the process, but what I now know about Mm. my own music more because a lot of times i add extra beats in and um things that they're not expecting and it took a while for me for them to go are you meaning to do that and then i'd sing it over and yep i mean or you know they'd say huh that's kind of funky but you're doing it every time so you do mean it and Mm. now tim calls them (laughs) Kellyisms. Um, and Tim is, is, um, has a master's in, um, music and education. Mm. So he knows and composition as well. And Mm. so that's been really wonderful to have him as kind of a sensei in learning, um, not only about the process, but myself, um, and, and what I'm wanting. And then when I started, um, working with Brian it was more of a I, I made a grown-up album with Brian an Americana album that I haven't released yet because uh we were done right before the pandemic and I mm. want to screen print the packaging <laughs> so I'm just I'm I've got a visual plan for how I want to present it um that is I, I just need to find the time to get it all do done you, and do when you it makes sense. do you
0: find those times in the studio when you get to, I mean, a really good example of what, for me, for what you're talking about is like tree in the wind. I think tree in the wind is a very beautiful arrangement and it's quite a sidestep. Uh, it's, it's a, I guess, instrumentally it's a bit of a sidestep. It's probably the one okay. on the album. That's probably the most separate.
1: Okay. We're going to pretend we're trees. So can you stretch your arms out with me? Stretch them out wide. Okay. We're going to sway like trees. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm swaying my arms like a tree in the wind. I'm swaying my arms like a tree. I'm swaying my arms like a tree in the wind. My fingers are the leaves,
0: the leaves, and but, but, but weirdly, the arrangements still feel like they could exist on the guitar or anything that you present that you've presented in the other songs. It's just you've chosen mm-hmm. a different kind of medium. Mm-hmm. But you know, a song like that. I mean, do you do you think over the years? Um, because this album you, you I feel like you've stepped away from what you have done previously I think the the, the ethos mm-hmm. of who you are is there but just musically it's kind of expanded and grown a bit mm-hmm. is that you is that you is that you from the perspective of falling in love with the production side of things in terms of really understanding it now as as the art form and the con- contribution to the art form or as private? previously it's a bit like well the art bit's been done I just now need to present it in a way that's palatable whereas you can then start going do do you know what I mean like the difference is like maybe the first album you turn up with complete songs or is this album you go here's the song I know it doesn't make sense but once I have this and this like I think a really good another really good example is the children that are in this album Mm -hmm. Their, their, their play in this album's really um It's really unique. It's, there's something really, it's really conversational, but just magically in tune. But it's all just like, I don't know. There's, it's, it's, it feels like you've come in with, with the ideas, but the ideas are more in your head than they are in a, in a complete written song. And there's more of an excitement to now sit down and see what you can turn into it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, Yes, I have learned a lot, and Brian uh, Das, who I'm working with now, has uh, helped me a lot in that way, too. Now, this last album, it's uh, called Baby Ninja, and it'll hopefully be coming out in the spring, Um, and it's – I think it's another 15 songs plus some other little things – We have sat in the studio and he works remotely now because of the pandemic. So I sit in a, in this cool studio. I'm really thankful to have found this space and, and Brian, and I bring the um, acapella usually, or I play it minimally on the guitar and say, here's what I'm thinking. And then some bring some reference songs, or we talk through reference songs. Um, We have talked through, the whole process. I, I definitely feel like he has, um, helped He and Tim both, but, um, especially Brian have helped me to build more confidence in expressing this is what I'm looking for. And Mm -hmm. so like in the tree song that you're talking about, I came in and, um, you know, I, I knew what that, what I wanted that to sound like. I had done an arrangement with Tim, um, Oh, Tim had really, you know, I would say he picked up on what I was going for there and that minor vibe, but it's a trick. You know, we want to trick people and to suck them yeah, in and, it's, um, it's
0: get them. Very, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's a s- strangely complex song that one. And I don't <laughs> mean strange in a bad way. Like I mean, in a, in a really beautiful way, I was just kind of going, I still, like, even I got to the end of it, I'm going, I want to listen again. And I still (laughs) don't really know what's going on, but I need to listen to it again. And I think I know what's going on, but I don't really know what's going on, but it's amazing. Like it's, there's something very, very standalone about that track. It's quite unique.
1: Thank you. I will pass that on to the, uh, to the guys. Cause yeah, I think Brian and I now sit in the. Studio, and we're also very committed to real music musicians, real sounds, real, Mm -hmm. um, you know, intelligent music. And then I am always saying, okay, what's the different thing we can do? Like, okay, we're talking through the percussion, and then Uh, our other friend, Blaine Heinen comes in uh, to do all the drums and he's really hilarious. And he comes up with funky things and, you know, brings his coffee in a jar. And this last time this on this new album, there's a song about dogs doing dishes. And he, we, we decided we're for this one, we're having people as the dogs instead of any sound effects. And he actually got his nose down with a bowl on a, TV tray and he's like knocking the bowl around to make the sound, you know, and I'm sure other people are doing fun things like that too, but it's just, we're having a blast in the studio and we're spending a little bit more maybe than we should to make a song about a stinky shoe in the, in the robots album. I spent way too much money making that song because we really just wanted it to be Real and hilarious, oh, if, but in a way that's you know ridiculous. I should say ridiculous, but in a way that um, hopefully doesn't get old and annoy. You know,
0: no. And I think I think that's. I mean, I, I that resonates with me completely. On my last album, there's a song um, he needs to we, and it's basically just a serious situation. Yes. Yeah, and and but and you, the it's very... like
1: the tree song too. You suck them in, and then you're yeah. <laughs> and but like, from the word oh,
0: from the word story. go from the word go cuz i wrote it with my children around a dinner table we were just saying and then my kids were just oh. together we started putting it together but i from the word go was like it has to have this enormous choir i can it, i just can't yes. see this thing existing without that and it is the and difference. And I think that's work. the difference between, yeah, and I think that is fundamentally the difference between, oh, my God, that, mu- that painting's amazing. Oh, my God, my four-year-old could have done that. Is yeah, that difference yeah, between yeah. going, it needs to be presented precisely the way and, and what you want to do. And that's I think that's the thing about the Tree Song is it's it's the complexity and the richness, richness of everything that's going on behind it that kind of makes you make you it makes you focus on the lyrics a different way because it feels so complete that you really just go I know from the artist's perspective nothing's missing from this this is exactly (laughs) what they wanted to present me with you know what I mean does that does that, does that does that kind of resonate with some of your music that idea that you just go I can't I can't compromise on that otherwise the whole sentiment will fundamentally be lost
1: yes yes very much and I love that um the guys, I'm working with and and women too. We, um, I am working on a song uh going soon with Lucy Calantari. I asked if I've asked, would you make this song for me? And I'm so excited to have to you know see how that turns out because um, I have so much respect for her songwriting and her production and everything. So I'm really excited about it. Good job. Okay, now go play. Go play. There's a dog-nado running through my house. Two dogs spinning, going round and round, playing like the puppies hound over hound. It's a two-dog-nado. Watch out! Bound and round, around, they bound. Bound and round, around, they bound. One dog, two dogs, bound and round. Dog sleeping on the couch wakes
0: up! There's a dog! I think
1: it's also about the love that you're pouring into it. And if you really want this to be an expression of love, which I think music really is at a at a core level, if you really want it to be an expression of love the way it matters to me, then um, it's not only about reaching the people um, who listen to the song because that's so subjective and like you said some mm. people will love it and some people will mm. not at all, not like it but I want the people who I have I have appreciated been very grateful for the people who are helping me make the songs and I want mm. them to feel um, joy in the process with mm. me and respect and love and feel really good about the thing that we're making and i want it to i want us all to feel really good about the thing that we're making for children Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the people who love them because i mean i really want to respect kids brains and um you have to put that time in i think
0: you know. Absolutely. I mean so so it is it is quite a collaborative thing for you now really is, is kind of what you're getting at. Like you do you do come in and, and quite strongly and happily hand over ideas and go, what do you think? Where does that go? Does it does that? It is collaborative,
1: to- but I'm I do know more now where I want yeah, it sure. to go. It's just I mean I think that I have a lot of trust with um Brian and Tim, but I also am excited that at this phase these songs that i've been some of them working on for like 20 years um
0: mm-hmm.
1: i i i know the ones that i want to bring forward i know there's tons of them that aren't worth you know putting the time into now until they maybe get tweaked later or something clicks but um i know the times when i'm gonna say to the musicians put into it what you Feel mm. like you know, I I brought you here. I'm I'm paying you because mm. I want part of you in this. Um, and then I know the times when. No, this is what I want this to be like.
0: Not girl!
1: Homeowners insurance is not going to cover this.
0: I wanted a cat.
1: I mean, I very much am still reliant on 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 the produce Brian and uh, Tim. In terms of the education that, that they have, and I always have respect for that. So I, um, but I, it's been really cool in the last in the both of the last albums. I would say, um, you picked up on that to to be more involved in the production and mm. more, um, uh, we'll just yeah, have more just active. decision, yeah, yeah. Because I
0: think I think the one thing with you, I get the sense like I guess like I, I get the sense the clips are made. Predominantly by you, a lot of the stop motion ones. Are they you having? Oh, fun? sorry the
1: the videos, Eclipse, the music videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of them I hired someone last year um to make a music video uh in needle felted stop motion, and um, she did it. Yeah, the little ducks. Ugh. Yeah, and it's just, she's just really want to go wonderful.
0: and lie, lie with them, don't you? It's Those just like <laughs> you just want to go. No, it's just I look at it, it's like they're all just like they just look like blankets. I don't know. I just yeah, wanna, yeah,
1: they're really <laughs> go lie yeah. with
0: them and and you know, sip tea. Um, now, reason I ask is one thing that's really actually I'll get to that question in a minute the collaboration from the perspective of your the um production, but it's also quite a big thing in this album and then. Sort of moving forward, you've done the Nanny Nikki collaboration with the Spooky Kooky Halloween song. Joni Leeds mm-hmm. is on this um, album, so it feels like you've opened that door a little bit as well. Is that a is that a is that a combination of finding out how vast and amazing the industry is, and there's all these incredible people you want to work with? And is it also a little bit of an it's okay if you say it is a little bit of a, a career move as well? Like what's, what's the, cause it feels, it feels like it's quite on your mind in the last year in 2022, or is that just a case of finally coming out of COVID and going, Oh my God, there's all these people I want to go and spend time with and work with or.
1: Yeah. I think it's a combination. I think, um, I recognized definitely during COVID or during the pandemic, you know, still not totally out of it. Um, Oh, okay. This is happening. You know, I, I got connected with the broader community outside of Portland and um, trying to learn, you know, more about the industry really. And what, what is smart and it's so hard to make any money in this, (laughs) with this thing that we're doing. And I'm not trying to become rich by any stretch, but I, you know, I'd like to pay for some of what the production is. Yeah. I just like to, um, to do it, you know, as a, prof- be professional, but also a committed artist. Um, so yeah, I I started to see that that is uh, an avenue that's not only um, can make it more interesting, especially, yeah, like that a song with Joni. Um, I originally was thinking of backing vocals. And then when I, when she agreed to do it, I thought, you know, we both are big fans of, of Brandy Carlisle, um, who has this wonderful song Mm -hmm. about her daughter and, you know, maybe having the two voices, um, would just make it a more beautiful expression for both of us and, and more of an actual experience together versus a marketing, you know, Mm -hmm. decision, but there is some amount of that, you know, and I say that to, uh, the producer, sometimes I say, okay, well, in this case, I'm kind of making a marketing decision yeah. that it would be good to bring in some other voices that I, we could get, you know, voices from folks in Portland and most of the people who are helping us are musicians who are here in Portland. Um, yeah. But when it comes to having someone come in um, as a guest, like I'm on this next album um, or we, I, I want to do a duet um, or I wrote a duet that I'm actually going to hold till the following album. But um, I could just have somebody locally who is yeah. not in the kids community yeah. saying that with me, or I can bring in somebody. And I actually think that not only from the marketing perspective where you're, you know, let's introduce each other to our audiences and all that, but also it's fun. I mean, yeah.
0: it's fun to have. It's it's, it's fun. And, and it's like minded talent. people. It's like-minded people who Who also care about it. Yeah, care and also understand what it means to deliver a children's or a song for children in a way that's not contrived or patronising or something. You know, you sort of there's so much explanation you don't have to go through
1: when you get somebody who's
0: already in that field.
1: You will grow and you will change, and I'll love you just the same but I'll miss the little one you used to be. I will miss the things you say, every word in your own special way. I will miss your little voice, Sounds so sweet I will
0: even miss the way You negotiate to stay A little longer Doing something that you love You will song with um Joni um is that i will miss you isn't it is that the song because mm-hmm. then i was also hearing always together and there is a there's a bit of a theme in some of your songs about this idea and i don't even think what, what was really lovely about it is that it's not ordinarily under these under that kind of duress you sort of get a song where people talk about oh you know you've got to really love these days because they don't last forever then they're gone and you know and so always look back and and it seems to be a general family uh, a parental kind of opinion around the world you know oh you've got to enjoy these times because they won't last forever but there is this recurring, particularly in those two songs but it does you do bring it up every now and then about this idea of it's not about celebrate these times because soon they'll be gone but it's about how great are these times because it's this time I get to spend with you to be able to nurture who you become as a as an adult, and then I get to sit back and be excited about what I was a part of. Um, is that, I mean, ordinarily, I'd just say, is that from being a parent yourself or is that also, I don't know, just something that you went, I don't know, there's a different take on this kind of idea of children growing and leaving, you know, leaving the roost, so to speak.
1: Um, If I understand, and what
0: you're asking I think um I get that it's quite an lot. emotion I don't really know what I'm asking it's <laughs> <laughs> no, <before>. no. <laughs> <laughs> no well I don't. guess it's like is it a remote- yeah and that's it. Is it emotional response of being a parent or is it you also just kind of going, m- I think I think we are we do look at this in a way that I don't necessarily agree with he's an alternative version
1: um he, yes well no I think yes well no um what what the Truth is, is that because of my upbringing, even though, you know, I had super interesting things, um, my, I, I didn't grow up with a great set of, you know, I didn't win the lottery in the parental department, but <laughs> I so, like that not only, um, with my mom, but, but with my dad, just basically being absent. So I think that I look at my experience as a parent through the eyes of kind of what I Mm. um I'm trying to be the person that I needed as a kid in a lot of ways. And um I'm trying not to get emotional about that, but that's really a root part of why I'm doing this is because I want to be a voice. Um I want to be a voice who that can reach kids maybe wherever they are who need to feel loved. Um, but I also want to provide some levity for people when, you know, sometimes you need to laugh to get through the thing. Mm. Um, but I, and then when it comes to expressing those true feelings of intense love that I have in this experience as a mom, I'm I'm probably a little bit afraid that I'm going to lose it. <laughs> yeah. And I hate, um, I hate that that's true, but um, I want them, I want my kids to have those words and sentiments when I'm not, you know, when they're.
0: When you're not able to be there to tell it to them.
1: Yeah. So um, that's, that's the truth about the love, the like the lullabies um the the loving expression is um it's rooted in a very complex set of emotions i think and i hope that that reaches people in their complex sets of emotions
0: Kind of a, it, struck me about your music, is there's a real, there's a real safety in your music. There's a real, in the, in the, I guess, you know, to use Sagan's words, um, uh, beautiful, was it beautiful mess? Beautiful, beautiful mess, chaos? yeah. Beautiful mess, <laughs> but yeah. to echo their words, there's a real safety in the chaos in your music like I think looking at things like Tree, "Dog," Dognado these are all songs that kind of present chaos in a way hmm. but they do it in a way that you can enjoy it and feel safe and I think um, you know what you just said then about the complexities of upbringing I think that's what you've done. You've created this space for people to to be and where they can, you know, feel, feel a little bit on edge and challenged and a bit uncertain, but it's all safe. It's all really safe. And it's a learning experience, not, not an experience that you need to create a wall in order to cope with it, you know? And so yeah, yeah. hats off to you. I think, I think you have created that. Um, very last question. You talked about, you know, you've got another two albums coming out when you get round to them and all these things, and there's all this stuff happening. I mean, has eight signing to eight pound gorilla changed that? Like having someone else who's kind of out there championing you as a label and as a, and as a supporter of children's music, does it fill you with just a little bit more possibilities now, or is it sort of still the same thing? They are just putting it in different places.
1: Um, I hope so. I think I'm still,, um, it's still kind of early to say for sure, but I definitely feel like just be having my album signed at all um, helped to a- a- add some credibility as a, you know, mm. unknown person really in in Portland. Um, and then, you know, expanding the audience. and um, yeah, it's definitely. I think launched some things, but on the other hand, um, there's still a lot of work to be doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, um, a lot, a lot to find out about, I guess it's, it's been an interesting time. So, um, I think everyone's still, you know, getting back to figuring out what they're supposed to be doing or how to do things again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And there's been a real explosion of children's and families music, I think in the last sort of five, six years. And I think it's presented a whole new way of doing things that everyone's sort of trying to get their head around and, and, you know, monetize not from the perspective of making loads of money, but just going, you know, no one would expect me to work at a fast food chain for free. So why am I doing this? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, well look, all that said and done, there's it's it's a really yeah, it's it's there's something quite moving about your music. Um, and it comes from a place that I wasn't expecting, I think. Like <laughs> I think it kind of hit me in a place that I wasn't, I don't know, I sort of don't feel like I've had before. So I, I thank you very mm-hmm. much for making the music that you do and um letting me talk to you about thank it and you. being so so brutally honest about the reasoning behind it and and why you do what you do and why one question I didn't even ask about was the covers. I'm assuming you do all the covers, cover artwork. It's, it's just so amazing. (laughs) It's I love it. It's so brilliant. All of it's So great. Yeah. So you didn't even touch on visually anyway, but still (laughs) we just, we just got through the music. Um,
1: Thank thank you you so much Kelly for
0: joining me. Yeah. I really appreciate the time and um, hopefully in a couple of albums from now, we'll be able to do this all over again.
1: Well, I look forward to hearing your next album, work, or singles too. I'm I'm really a fan, and uh, it was a joy to get to know your last album, too, when we were um, listening for the Grammys and and before that. So, um, I just appreciate the time that you're dedicating to highlighting and um, and delving into other human beings the way you do, <laughs> and other artists. So, thank you. It's nice to meet you and
0: my pleasure virtually yeah. and all that. Yeah, speak soon. Okay. If you would like to know more about Kelly and her work, then head along to www.kellywelly.com. That's K-E-L-L-I-W-E-L-L-I.com. And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Kelly questions.